You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I would like to begin our proceedings here today by calling out to the helping spirits to be with us. So I call out first to your ancestors and to mine. I call out to these people who were here long before us, those who bring all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines to us, those who bring to us this rich legacy of those who have gone before us, this legacy that is built of their blood, sweat, and tears, this legacy that is built of their creativity and their innovation. It is also built on their failures and those ways in which they learned the hard way what doesn't really work here in the world for all living things. So we call out to these ancestors and their great wealth of experience. And we ask them to come to us, to communicate with us, to whisper in our ears and to help guide us in our dreams, that we might learn from those who have gone before us, that we may be able to stop continuing mistakes that have not only been made, but have been being made for hundreds of years. We ask these ancestors to help to inspire us to see that which really doesn't need to be happening and open up to what could be and to find the hope and the blessing and the promise necessary to do what we as men and women have been called here to be. So we call out to these ancestors to stand with us and to help us to do what we are called to do so that we can create a better world for those who are coming. And we call out beyond those human ancestors to those non-human ancestors, to all of those beings of life here on earth who were here long before there was ever a human. We call out to these wise energies to help us understand how to live together in a good way, how to function in a way that is sustainable and renewing and a way that is respectful of the great diversity and supports all life. Every ecosystem on this planet has a way to live in its own harmony in the constant flow and change of life on earth. And we ask these energies of nature to help us to surrender to our own nature and to be better able to participate in this web of life here on this beautiful planet. And so with these ancestors of their many forms beginning to gather around us here today, let's gather ourselves from wherever we might be into our head. And in the next breath, let us move our awareness from our heads to our hearts. In the next breath, from our hearts down to our bellies. And from our bellies, let's take a nice deep breath and reach out to the earth. And as we exhale, let us let everything stop for just a moment. Let us connect in to the earth and to just give gratitude for this day no matter what it holds whether this day is lovely or already problematic we give thanks for life we give thanks for beauty and diversity we give thanks for all the gifts in life all those blessings that were blessings and all those crises that we figured out some way that they became a blessing we give thanks for 
those things that arrive in our life disguised, profoundly disguised at times, but our gifts nonetheless. We give great gratitude for the richness of this journey and this beautiful planet on which to walk that journey walk. So with great gratitude to the earth pouring out of our hearts, let us move our energy down into the layers of the earth. And as we move down through all the layers of the earth, letting our gratitude flow, we reach for the very center of the earth. And there in the very center of the earth, let us settle ourselves for just a moment and to draw in the nourishment of darkness, of silence, of stillness, to draw in that peace and to connect into this robust energy that is that energy of pure potential before it has been stirred to rise into anything. We connect into this energy that by its very nature replenishes and renews. This energy that when it rises to the surface becomes the great abundance that we all share and that we all need to survive. So let us reach deep into the essence energy of the earth and draw this energy up like the wellspring of life that it is into ourselves and into our day, into these proceedings and we draw this earth energy up. And we ask this energy to help us to learn even better how to ground ourselves in our bodies and on the land. How to connect into the earth and draw up from that groundedness a sense of place. A sense of knowing where we stand and what we stand for in life. A sense of building our life around those things that we value. Building a sense of home that has a sense of hearth, a sense of belonging, that all of these qualities are created in our life in such a way that they travel with us as we go and that they are created in a way that is not based on simply surrounding ourselves with people who look like we do and think like we do, but in a way that opens our door to the other and invites the other in that we might be provoked through that interaction, through that communication, through that exchange to become the men and, we, men and women we were truly destined to be and as we open ourselves let us begin to understand what it means to be truly connected within ourselves connected and interconnected with our environment and ultimately connected in a way that we understand ourselves as part of this great web of life and from that sense of connection let us take right relationship with ourselves, not from our stories not from our past not from our families but from our connection to all things and from that right relationship with ourself, we define the rightness in our relationship with our environment, with others, and with the spirit world. And let us draw this energy up in all of its wisdom, all the wisdom of manifestation, drawing it up from our bellies to our heart and our heart to our mind and up and out the top of our head into the sky and whatever weather it holds for you today and out through the atmosphere out into the cosmos and reaching up to the highest power of the universe reaching reaching and connecting and connecting with that energy by whatever name you know it by whatever way you conceive it connect with the highest power of the universe and begin to draw this energy down drawing down into your life and into your day and into these proceedings drawing down blessing drawing down the essence energy of protection of commitment and devotion the energy of inspiration and illumination and the benevolence of this universe. We draw down the wisdom of the cosmos. We draw them into our awareness and we draw down the beneficence of this universe. We call all these energies in to bless and protect us in this day. Drawing it into our head 
in our heart and our belly and sending it down to the center of the earth. And in this way, heaven and earth are connected here between. We are here between the humans, the connection. We open up to allow these two great energies to come together in a way that manifests this big love, this experience of form that we are all sharing. And we invite that big love to awaken the spirit of our human heart that it can engage with this day in a wholehearted way. We invite the heart to awaken the crucible of transformation that it holds. Unlike all the other chakras in the body, the heart chakra is a space of transformation in a way no other is. We call up the fiery passions of the belly into that crucible and crawl, call down the crystal clarity of the mind. We call these energies so different in their manifestation. We call them together into the crucible of the heart. We ask these energies to dance in this passionate dance that in that dynamic tension they might give birth to this third and most sacred thing, our inner knowing of why we are here. And may you find in that human heart the courage you need in this day to do something large or small to bring those gifts into manifestation in the world and we give great gratitude to all the helping spirits that are gathered around us this day and in every day to help us to do exactly what we have come here to do so what may what needs to be said be said and what needs to be heard be heard and may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things and I give special thanks to Kent and Marcia and Walter, Elizabeth, Deborah, Darcy, William and Deb and all the listeners who have donated financially to this show. If you are tuning in for the first time, this show is listener supported. We don't have commercials and we don't have sponsors. We have you, the listeners, offering what you can to help to keep the show on the air, to pay those bills. Um, and in exchange, I do my best each week to offer something that is useful and valuable to you. And it is through all those other ways that you donate by asking questions, by offering show ideas, by engaging with the show and the ideas that are shared on the show that we keep the show vital and useful to you. And so I give gratitude to all of you, those who are able to donate financially, those who think about these things and share with me how it's working in your life, those who use the teachings, who bring the journeys into your journey circles, all the many ways that you support the show and the ideas on the show to grow. I give great thanks to all of you. If you would like to donate to the show, you can go to whyshamanismnow.com to the support button and donate any amount, large or small, and we are grateful. All of it goes directly to keeping the show on the air. We are live today, and if you would like to ask a question about today's topic, which is Awakening Creativity, you are welcome to call in at 512-772-1938. Or you can Skype in from the co-creatornetwork.com site or simply email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org and I would be happy to um, read your question on the air. You're also welcome to email me anytime with your questions about the show, um, sharing new show ideas, um, any of that at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. So there's a show site, whyshamanismnow.com. There's Last Mass Center, which is the site you go to for classes and um, healing, things, things of that nature. Um, and there's also a Facebook page for those of you who haven't found that yet. And if you're going to comment about the show, which is what we have the Facebook page for, please let us know what show you're commenting about. So thank you, everyone. I'm going to continue on this um, 
little thread about creativity um, as a continuation of the show we did last week about spring and um, which is the third show about working with the seasons. We did fall, which was also about the lungs. We did winter, which was about the kidneys. We did springtime. This is actually one of many shows about springtime, but we did a new one about springtime and the liver energy. And a liver gallbladder, actually, which is the dreamer and the manifester. And what comes out of that is creativity. That, that, that dynamic between the dream and the manifestation of the dream, that the very nature of a healthy liver energy was creativity. This is one of the things that we talked about in the show last week. So I thought I would continue on that theme and have some guests talking about their expression of creativity. So today, I want to just talk about awakening creativity. And so for those of you in the Southern Hemisphere, you can just archive this show and listen to it in six months. Because for you right now, the show that might be interesting would be the one about the fall. Um, Okay, so springtime. For those of us here in the Northern Hemisphere, um, we are coming upon springtime. We're not quite there yet, but part of the point of putting these shows a little bit early is so that you can begin to prepare. In other words... This moon cycle here, you know, this is our last three weeks probably where we can naturally with the flow of the human body through the year continue to cultivate the yin energies that are cultivated in the wintertime. So this is kind of our last chance to make some deposits there into that reservoir, into that yin lake. Because springtime, when we really get into springtime, which is still several weeks away, is the time that the dreamer is waking up. And dreams require creativity to be dreamed in the first place. And they also require creativity to be made real in the world. To be the new people in a new world, we must be creative. We must be both dreamers and manifestors. So spring is the time that the dreamer is waking up and the liver, in organ sense, is the dreamer along with the gallbladder who's the manifester. And these two, the liver-gallbladder pair, are part of the wood element, which we talked about last week. So the wood element is strong and flexible and upward rising in nature. Um, And this is uh, the expression then of this dream energy waking up and the manifester moving it out to make it happen in the world. And this is just like the trees sending the sap up and out to support the growth of the tree and the buds there emerging on the barren branches. Okay, And so the liver is disseminating the chi where it is needed, just like the sap rising. And so the liver is sending the chi out to support the manifestation of why you are here. And this is what springtime is about out there in the natural world, but also internally in our physical embodiment. This is the time of the yin energies rising, and it can be an enormously creative time by its own nature. So looking at this naturally creative time, we can learn about creativity all the time throughout the year. By understanding why creativity emerges so naturally in this particular time of year, we can better craft our journey questions and ways of understanding how to work with creativity throughout the year. So, 
just to review a little bit. So as we discussed last week, springtime is liver time. So when a liver is healthy, we are able to plan our life smoothly and wisely. Um, and, and, you know, and the thing about planning, planning requires creativity. So the ability to plan smoothly and wisely means there's creative energy there as a resource to use in the planning. And we're also able to create a strategy when shit happens. You know, we've got a plan, which of course makes the gods laugh, and then we go try to manifest that plan and all this crazy stuff we didn't know happened. But if we have a, a healthy liver and a great resource of, of creativity, we just deal with what comes up. And the what comes up out of the unknown along the way is often the thing that makes the end result of the journey better than we ever imagined. And all of this can happen if we have a good uh, resource of creative energy. And so the qualities that we derive from a healthy liver are creativity in our self-expression, clarity in our identity. You know, so one of the... um, excessive manifestations of the energies we're talking about today is people that um, have their energy going all over the place into a thousand great ideas and never finish any of them. So part of what is going on there is there's an excess of creative and visionary energy, but the identity isn't strong. The identity which says, okay, these are all great ideas, all 45,000 of them, but which one is the one that is mine to bring into the world. To do that, we have to have a sense of a healthy identity, to feel the resonance between the identity and the options, the many options. And so this clarity of our identity is is part of this whole healthy relationship with creativity. I have a lot of people that come to me and say, I'm really creative as long as I'm working on other people's projects. That's a problem. Right. And so we're talking, so back to the healthy liver then. So we're talking about this creativity in our self expression, right? Clarity in our identity. And out of that comes this capacity for kindness. And that kindness comes out of the fact that we are ultimately, finally, being kind to ourselves. I don't mean that in a new age simplistic way. To finally bring our considerable resources to bear on why we are here is a great relief to our heart and our soul. And it is an internal kindness to finally bring the mind and the heart and the belly into alignment and to simply do what we've come here to do. And out of that kindness can come great kindness for others. And all of these things come together to create what the Chinese call the indomitable spirit. Now, conversely, an unhealthy liver, which is America, right? Unhealthy liver. So an unhealthy liver is really, really grumpy when it wakes up in the springtime. Unhealthy livers are irritable and quick to anger. And a chronically unhappy liver lends uh leads us into a situation where we can't do the things i already just talked about so we're unable to plan in life we're unable to focus on our own vision our own dream we focus on it temporarily and then we listen to the next person's comment and the next person's comment and the next person's comment and before we know it we're entirely off track so there's this chronic lack of direction 
chronic sort of lack of clarity around our identity. And in that unhealthy liver behavior, there is no kindness to the self. Because there is no kindness to the self, we're really not able to be kind to others. So an unhealthy liver dampens the ability of the yin energies to be stirred and thus to rise up as a creative force in our life. So springtime in and of itself, the opportunity of the season, the spirit of spring, the crocuses coming up, the, the, probably the East Coast somewhere might have uh, cherry trees blossoming. I'm not sure. You guys are still under a lot of snow. But anyway, they're blossoming out here, right? So just the energy of spring around us says, stop being angry and irritated. Deal now so that you can blossom too. Cleanse your liver. Move the chi in the body through exercise. Move your blood. Sweat. Cry. Move your energy and blossom. And so it's about creating this sense of flow that really stirs the essence that needs to be tended. So when the liver is flourishing, spring abounds in your life. The ethereal soul is able to firmly root within us and to help. So the ethereal soul in Chinese medicine would be akin in shamanism to the, your, your soul's purpose. It's the part of yourself that knows why you are here uniquely. So when that energy can firmly root itself and it roots in a healthy liver gallbladder, right? So it can finally root itself within. It can help then to direct our life towards our dreams because that ethereal soul brings in the soul's purpose. It helps us to plan wisely so that we're not just bringing our creativity to bear on everybody else's life, but we're doing it in ours as well. And to flow with a sense of um, clear and creative vision. Right? So where the liver is stagnant or deficient or pushed into excess by our choices, the ethereal soul can't root well within us. And so while we may uh, be able sporadically to tap our creativity, we, can't, we don't have that sense of identity and soul's purpose to direct those forces towards the manifestation of what we've been dreamt to be. And so without that connection to the ethereal soul that roots in the liver, without that, if we have an unhealthy liver, we cannot get a sense of direction. Okay, so with that said, this is, this is important because creativity is not so much a muse as it is the essence of true young expression, right? And so understanding how the energies move in our body and how the organs impact that movement of chi in the body is important if we really want to understand our creativity. So with all that said, um, I had a lot of people asking about liver detoxes because I talked about that in last week's show. So what I'm going to do is post a link on the Facebook page for today's show about someone who can support you through the liver talks that I do. We'll just leave it at that instead of having to respond to everybody i'm just going to put it out there on the facebook page okay so moving along with today's show about creativity okay so creativity itself this is the essence of what we're talking about today is the is an expression of true young energy and in a country in america in a country in the western world in a way of living that is about excess young false young stagnant young and then its counterpart, which is deficient yang, 
and very passive aggressive behavior, right? In a world <laughs> with a shortage of experience with true young expressions, understanding that creativity is at the core of true young energies is really important. All right, so for us to even do the rest of the show, everybody, you need to remember young does not equal male, yin does not equal female. Everything manifest here in our experience of form possesses both yin and yang manifestations of chi, right? It's just one energy, it's chi, and it manifests in yin and yang expressions, both healthy and unhealthy. So true yang is creativity. And it is perhaps at the heart of true young expressions. So everything here can express true young energy. In fact, spring is an expression of true young energy everywhere. All of the blossoming, all of the growth, all of that bright chartreuse green energy coming out. This is nature's expression of true young energies. So in humans... Expressions of true young energies are creativity and expression. To exp- so me right now giving this show is an expression of energy. So this is young. I endeavor with the help of spirit to have it be a true young expression. But the point is it is expression. Which is why it's important for all of you to understand it is not enough to be creative in your own head. That for for the energy to be healthy, it's got to move out into an expression in the world in some way. Okay. True young energies in humans. Protection. Blessing and generosity. These are all true young energies as we express it. When we express true young, it comes out in these ways. Protection, blessing, generosity, kindness, playfulness and joy are beautiful expressions of true young energy. And so when you see these children, so if we think of childhood almost as the spring of human life, right, where it's just constant growth, we see play. I mean, we hope to see play and joy as a natural expression of a healthy child's life. It's just this this volcano, right, of true young energy. Cleansing is a true young expression. Because cleansing is is a release, it's a letting go, it's a shedding, right? Another aspect of true yang energy is completion. Not in a sense of holding on or connecting, because that, that's a yin energy, but completion in the sense of allowing, of, of being willing to stay in something for closure. To complete the ritual. It's that willingness to be done, to close the door to walk away, the period at the end of the sentence. It's punctuation. It is that thing that lets us know we've gone from A to B and we are we're done. We're letting go. Completion is very important. Where there is no completion, there is violence, is a Taoistic saying. So benevolence and beneficence, two very old-fashioned words, but they are true young expressions. And the other thing that is important in a world our world here of false young expressions, which would be arrogance, ambition, and aggression. You know, I've just defined uh, success in America, right? Arrogance, ambition, and aggression. 
right? When actually, if we look at the truly creative people in America, truly creative people, we are looking at excellence, not arrogance. We're looking at devotion, not ambition. And we are looking at precision, not aggression. And we can see some some companies that are, are their reputation is a reputation for creativity. And as they change hands in who's leading the company, the CEOs change, we can often see this 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 transition between excellence or arrogance, devotion or ambition, right? Precision or aggression. But these are all expressions of true yang energy. Okay. So the other thing that's an expression of true young energy is a healthy ego. Uh, this is one that, you know, a healthy ego is actually really necessary to do sound and accurate shamanic work. And that this is one of the great um, myths in shamanism is that it's somehow this, this egoless experience. But the truth is humans really don't do so well without a healthy ego. So it's a kind of confidence and knowing that direct us, that sense of that clarity around identity, while at the same time being balanced in equal parts by being willing to easily be in not knowing and working open-heartedly with uncertainty and in the unknown. So that's a healthy ego. Um, So health, and particularly liver health, um, actually does have a relationship with creativity. So this whole addict artist story that is really a bit of a drama. It's very, very contemporary story. You know, I have to suffer for my art. I have to be a heroin addict for my art. I, you know, this, this insanity is really more about responding to contemporary culture and its expectations and its injustices um, than it is really about needing addiction or despair to fuel creativity because addiction and despair don't fuel creativity if we really are looking at the energy that's more of a story a person is telling themselves with um, relative to our culture today a healthy liver actually fuels creativity and um, because this liver the liver the healthy liver and its energy and what it does is the connection between this potential energy found in the yin reserves and the movement of that yin energy, that stirring and raising that energy into a yang expression, some kind of creative expression. So this also tells us that reserves of yin are the precursor for any great gods of creativity that you need. All right, and this is thus the winter and the kidney time and all that we talked about about true yin moving into the dark water of your deep feelings, becoming accountable to yourself, uh, paying debts to your heart, to your soul. That's what I mean by being accountable to yourself and, and ways in the past you weren't able to show up for yourself. So this, this yin energy comes out of being grounded and connected, having, having um, appropriate amounts of solitude and quiet in your life. And doing things that rejuvenate and restore you and understanding that these things are not vacation or waste of time because they're not productive. That these things are the things that renew the yin lake, that renew the resource of the energy that rises into true creativity. 
And when your yin lake is dry, you know, when the gas can is, a tank is empty, you can still create, but it won't be creative. You know, you can still go to work and work on the assembly line, do the same thing over again every, every day, every day, every day, every day, but it won't be creative. And that's what we're really talking about today is creativity. So let's talk about this little stroke of genius that happened back in 1992. A book was published called The Artist Way, A Spiritual Path to Higher Creativity by Julia Cameron. And I want to acknowledge this book. Um, it's in its 10th edition. It is both a guide and a 12-week process that is well worth the effort to work through. The tone of the book can be off-putting, I admit, but then that is becomes just another excuse to deny yourself this path to engage your creativity. It's, it's a good piece of work. And you can redefine what certain off-putting parts of it mean. But the reason I want to bring up The Artist's Way is because I want to connect why it's such a good book with creativity. So The Artist's Way, there's two universally very important pieces in The Artist's Way strategy about creativity and awakening your creativity. One is the morning pages and the other is the artist's date. So for those of you that don't know about The Artist's Way, the morning pages are simply the practice, practice, that's important, of every morning, as soon as you wake up, writing three pages in like a spiral notebook, three pages nonstop stream of consciousness to just write, to just wake and write. So why is this genius? Well, one, because it's a practice. Right, But more importantly, if we're talking about creativity, to get up and write is flow. You're not crafting. You're not going to go back to these and work on them. It doesn't matter what you say. That the practice of morning pages is to get completely out of the way and basically just puke up three pages. It's about moving the energy out of the yin time at night the dreaming time, the deep yin time, it's about moving, it's about stirring that energy, which is somewhat stagnant from sleep, into the morning pages. It's about moving that energy into the day. It's about flow, right? It's about the yang, it's about moving the yin energies into yang. It's about that that transition of the chi. And so if you want creativity, you have to move the energy. It has to flow. And so morning pages have this added attribute of also moving, because it's stream of consciousness writing, of potentially moving the things that are blocking the flow by exposing those through the writing, bringing them into a conscious awareness um, unintentionally through the, through the practice itself and getting things that are hidden and restraining or resisting or... Um, blocking the flow in some way out into the conscious awareness and so morning pages are not only literally the practice of flow but they also potentially are removing blockages just by the very nature of um, tapping into a more stream of consciousness kind of flow now the other part from the artist's way that really does nurture creativity because it's working with the actual energy, yin-yang energy of creativity, is the artist's date. Okay, so the artist's date is a once-weekly festive solo expectation expedition I'm reading this right out of the artist's way solo expedition to explore something that interests you 
the artist's gate need not be overtly artistic. Think about mischief more than mastery. The artist's date fires up the imagination. They spark the whimsy. They encourage play. Since art is about the play of ideas, they feed our creative work by replenishing our inner well of images and inspiration. When choosing an artist's date, it is good to ask yourself what sounds fun and then allow yourself to try it. Okay, so the artist's date. Why was that a little stroke of genius? Because the artist's date is about cultivating. So if morning pages are about moving the energy into flow, out of the yin, moving it, stirring it into flow, into the yang, the artist's date is about cultivating that yang energy and essentially stirring, moving, um, and restoring the creative energies. It's about putting back in because creativity can be a lot about withdrawals from the creativity bank, about constant output. There are certainly uh, weeks when I do not plan my resources and my day well and I sit down, it's time I need to organize myself and, and work on the show and I don't have it. I don't have the creative resources to do it. And that's, that's on me. It's because I didn't choose to use my resources well. So the artist's date is about making sure that when you arrive at the creativity bank to make a withdrawal, that you've actually got some resources there. And so, so the beauty of the artist's date is, is these are true young expressions of play, of fun, of joy. And it's very easy when we need to create on cue, either at work or for our own art, to get all uh, constipated around our worries about its value. Are we good enough? Is it good enough? Is it right? Is it wrong? What do we, you know, we, we, we have a whole lot of reasons to freak out basically. And the beauty of the artist date is all the pressures off. Go play, go have fun, go be in true expressions of yang energy. And in that you are reminding yourself how to be true yang, how to be creative. And so the artist date is also an act of generosity towards yourself, towards your heart. Um, it's a regular deposit in the creativity bank. It is about the unexpected and the unknown, but a deposit in the creativity bank nonetheless. So another added attribute to the artist date, in addition to moving you regularly uh, into these expressions, is it also brings you into contact with the unknown and the unexpected and the uncertain. And those energies, being in those energies, are a way that the yang energy circles back round and is sunk back into the yin. Because you have to remember, it's not a one-way street. The yin energy is stirred and rises into yang expression. And then the yang expression is um, sunk back down into the yin where it becomes stirred and it rises again that that these two are in relationship with each other so it's a circle right and so the beauty of the artist date is it's a way of um moving the the other end of the circle from the yang expression of the joy and the fun and the play back into the yin and so these two things morning pages and the artist date were a little piece of Taoistic genius whether julia knew they were Taoistic or not i don't know i don't know julia well enough to tell you that but the point is the 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 timeless value of the book 
are these two things because they are actually training you or teaching you to connect with a Taoistic understanding of your energy and training you to do that regularly. So let's look at how we could use our shamanic skills from this same kind of understanding. Okay. Now, thinking about creativity as a muse can be tricky. Now, some people have really good luck with this. However, often when we personify an energy, when we anthropomorphize something and call on it to help us, which is an aspect of both shamanism and Wiccan and pagan traditions, right? When we do that, though, um, often the, our personifications develop very contemporary dysfunctions. And, and I think we're doing that to the energy, but nonetheless, the relationships become problematic. If we have a tendency to have codependent addictive relationships, we'll end up with a codependent addictive relationship with the muse. So that's the problem. So some clients report asking creativity to come to them as a helping spirit and function as a muse allows them to engage in a working relationship with that energy through journeying just like any other helping spirit and then that works really well for them and so i don't want to deny that for many people it takes on a kind of personality in the dynamic of the relationship which is educational for you to see that you're doing that but for some people it gums up the work of the creativity so another way, again, it is a way to work shamanically with creativity, is to call it in as a helping spirit. Okay. So this would be akin to working with an essence energy because creativity is certainly an essence energy, right? And so you could talk to it and ask it, so why are you stuck? You know, show me how I'm keeping you from flowing. I mean, you can talk to it, right? You can also do that though. You can avoid the whole personification thing. If you work in the journey with creativity as a thing, as perhaps a mechanism, as um, plumbing, perhaps, if you will, showing you know that you have this yin reserve, and the creativity is the way that energy begins to stir and rise up and move out in the life, just like the liver, you know, back to the liver, you know, the way the liver holds the reserves of chi. And then marshals it out into the body through the activity towards the growth and the manifestation of the dream. And so you could essentially see in your journey an artifact, a thing that is that the energy moves through or that it moves the energy that is functioning in your journey, um, a thing that functions very much like your liver does in your body. Um, so like your little creativity thingy <laughs> anyway so it's a way of working with creativity so you're in your journey with your regular helping spirits and you go to the thingy the creativity thingy and ask your questions about being in good relationship with the flow of energy with the with the apparatus itself you know and so this is working with an artifact in journeys which is a really powerful thing to do and it allows you to ask questions like you know, show me why I don't feel my creativity flowing. Instead of getting into some psychological expression of that or some sort of habit or addiction around it, just go into the journey and ask. Ask your creativity to show you why it's not flowing, right? And so when you do that, then in your journeys, it gives you a way to look at 
the energy of creativity itself, right? Or maybe that's the issue. Maybe it's the flow of that energy. Is there too much of the flow? Is there a valve that's stuck open or stuck closed? Is the, are the pipes too constricting? Do they need to be more open? Um, is the flow just this huge pipe that's just blasting creativity out in the situation? There's no way to refine the flow. So there's a whole lot of ways you can work in your journey with an artifact that can communicate back to you what's going on. And then once you understand what's really going on, let's say you're constricting the flow. So there's lots of energy. Creativity wants to flow. You know where it wants to flow to. Everything's working except you're constricting the flow. Well, now that you know that, your next question is obvious. How am I doing that? Show me how I'm constricting the flow of my creative energy and what do I need to do to knock it off, right? So it's really easy once we know what's actually going on. And so this this way of working in the journey with creativity as an artifact can be really, really very specifically diagnostic. It could be the quality or the quantity of the energy in the container. So what if the energy, the creative energy that's supposed to be flowing through the pipes is all sludge-like? Or maybe it's polluted. Maybe it's toxic. And then you would ask why and how to change it. It could be the quality of the container itself. The container could be leaking or leaching. You know, leaks would be like a hole or a crack, which then understanding how to repair that is important. Leaching would be more like I have a fundamental belief that my creativity is not mine to use. I might ever, you know, maybe that relationship originally got forged with a parent or something like that, but now you're bringing that deep fundamental belief out into the world. And so the container that holds your creativity would then be leaching out your own creative energy all the time. Something like that. I'm sure you get what I'm getting at here. You could find out the entire apparatus for your creativity is too small for the project that you have envisioned. Or perhaps it's too large. You're not able to make it subtle and refined enough. Perhaps what you can see is that um, your apparatus is disconnected from the source. Because, of course, the yin, that reservoir of yin energy, is also at its deepest a reconnection to the source. So your creative creative energy could ultimately not be sustaining because you're all running in your own little closed circuit and not actually connected to the source. The other thing about this artifact thing is it allows you to look at the reserves itself. You know, do you have yin reserves? You know, are, are you drawing from a reservoir of energy? So what I like about working this way in the journey is that it gets us out of the drama and the personal story of your relationship with your creativity. You know, whenever I do this, this happens, blah, you know, this whole like, yeah, history with our creativity. It's so tortured. You know, it's so painful. There's so much suffering. And if we just get out of the personality of it and just start treating creative energy as energy and what does it need to flow – then, you know, somehow it's not personal anymore. That when we think um, the muse is not sharing 
the inspiration with us, then it's personal, that I personally have done something to offend the muse, so I should probably go drink some more or something like that. Instead of taking all that personality out of it, if it's not flowing, it's not flowing for a reason. Let me go fix the machine you know, and, not, and getting out of the drama of our relationship with our creativity, which is, of course, also connected deeply into our relationship with our heart and also our relationship with our power. So these can be big, dramatic stories, and it's nice to just get out of the way of that. So another journey approach would be to ask, who do you need to be to have the creative flow that you need? So it's, a, it's, it's, it's kind of the opposite approach. So the approaches I've just been talking about would be like, I'm okay as I am. I just need to access my creative energy. How do I do that? This approach is the opposite. It's assuming... I'm actually not who I need to be right now to do this, that I need to grow and evolve as a person. So this is the project that I want to do. I want to write this book. I want to live my soul's purpose. I want to be a good parent to this child. I want to be the woman or the man, you know, that I want to be in this relationship that I long for, right? So this way of approaching uh, journeying about creativity is to ask for who do I need to be to be able to have and move the creative energy necessary to accomplish or to create whatever, to manifest whatever, whatever that is that you're wanting and then rise to the occasion of becoming the man or woman who can be or do that thing. So in this option, fundamentally, you are willing to sacrifice who you are for who you need to be to do what you feel you're being called to do. And if you're not willing to sacrifice, then this is not the option for you. You should go for one of the first two that I talked about. So this is the approach, though. This one I'm talking about now, kind of approach number three. This is the approach for people who value giving their gifts and their medicine in the world more than they care about looking good doing it, more than they care about making a gob of money doing it, more than they care about what other people think. And certainly more than they care about what their parents think. I cannot tell you how many grown men ended an otherwise lovely relationship with with me because they couldn't imagine to imagine bringing a shaman home to their mother. I mean, really, really, you can't imagine that, really. So this is what I mean. This 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 kind of person is the person who doesn't give a damn about anything other than bringing their gifts and medicine into the world in a good way for all living things. And they don't care if their parents don't understand. They don't care what other people think. They don't care if they keep up with the Joneses. They don't care if they can no longer maintain that lifestyle and do what they've come here to do. And there's a lot of people out there like that. And those of you who are like that need to stand up and be like that. Now, for the people that aren't like that, you've got your other two options for how to proceed. Everybody gets to be creative in my world. Okay. So the important thing here is that this approach, this who do I need to be to be creative enough to do that thing, okay, that approach requires that you work in the journey with your helping spirits to get a sense of who you need to be to do whatever. And then how you live your life. And I'm listening to myself right now because I need to hear this too. 
But basically, if this is who I need to be for the creative energy to flow to do X, you know, fill in the blank, whatever that is for you, the next question is, okay, so then how do I live my life to be that person? What do I need to stop doing? And what do I need to start doing? And to do that consistently. So whatever approach you're taking, the muse approach, the apparatus approach, this approach, becoming the person you need to be, doesn't really matter. Whatever approach you're taking to changing your relationship with your creativity, it will unfold as a process. This isn't like one journey, one answer, you're done. It's a process. And any process can then be supported by your shamanic skills of ceremony and ritual. Okay, so ceremony is asking the question, all right, what do I need to do daily? So what in your process needs support, right? So what do I do daily to support it, to support a change, for example? It could also be um, maintenance. What do I need to do to maintain a change that I've already made? These are, these are ceremonial things, right? So this is like the morning pages in the artist's way. What do you do daily to support the process and keep the creative energy flowing? So, so this, this, what do I need to do daily? This ceremony can be something creative. You know, I need to, to, well, more, like morning pages, you're writing daily, you're, you're, you're creating an output daily. It can be that to keep the energy flowing, but it can also be something that's affecting the energy of creativity itself without actually manifesting in creative expression. It can be something that you're doing daily to open the flow. It can be something that you're doing daily to replenish the reserves of the reservoir. So let's say your issue is really reserves. So in the morning, you wouldn't want to get up and do morning pages. You'd want to get up and do Qigong and move the yin energy of the night into the reserves to then be stirred into the creative expression later in the day. It could also be... um, you know, you, whatever ceremony you're asking for would be something that would change perhaps the quality of the container or the connection of the pipes of the artifact. You know, so the ceremony can be being done to affect different parts of the process of getting you from you and your reservoir of energy into the actual flow of creativity and the manifestation. Okay, the other thing that we can bring in from our shamanic world is ritual. Or what do I need help changing or transforming in my relationship with creativity? So this is kind of like the artist's date. This is something that is unknown, that creates something unexpected for the purpose of making a deposit in your creativity bank. So the thing about it, though, in terms of this thing about this particular application of ritual relative to changing your relationship with your creative energy is in this case I would be thinking of something that is regular not a big dramatic blowout ritual but regular ritual like the artist's date so there was a time that a student of mine had this huge task at hand she was absolutely certain she could not do she asked spirit how to do it and they gave her this really simple beautiful process that was a ritual it's a full moon ritual and a new moon ritual and in the new moon ritual, she received, you know, the unknown that she received were the next set of tasks to do. And in the full moon ritual, she was to release everything she had found that was getting in the way of the tasks she'd been just given. 
And so is it, and so the, the ritual was unknown, although the repetition of the ritual, its purpose was the same, just like the um, artist's date, the purpose is the same. So the thing about the ritual is it's regular but not predictable, meaning it's the, the purpose is set, it's regular, the timing is regular, but what happens in the ritual changes all the time. Okay. So anyway, no matter what approach you take and how diligent you are with your ceremony and how inspired you are in your ritual, your ability to access your creative energy is always going to boil down to one thing. In the end, do you have any yin energy to be stirred in the first place? So ultimately, it circles back around to living in a way that you actually have yin resources. True yang can only come out of true yin, no matter the purity of your intent and the goodness of your heart. If you are yin deficient, your yang expression will not be true. So are you living in a way that you have yin resources to be stirred and raised into creative expression. Which brings us to another approach you could bring to your journeying and exploration with your helping spirits. Which is really looking at the quality of your yin resources and your attention to that and your ability to sink the yang expression back into the yin at the end of the day. So yang energy, creative energy, no matter how beautiful, if it's left to its own devices, it will kill you. It will extinguish itself. So balance actually restores yin resources. So this would be the final, another approach you could take to understanding or changing your relationship with your creativity is looking at this balance between yang expression and yin cultivation. So balance that you know living in a way that restores your yin resources gives you what you need to allow that energy to rise again in this way in balance your creative cycles are nourishing and restorative cycles so as long as you learn to sink the yang and stop before exhaustion and draw the energies back down into the yin you're creating a restorative cycle so With all this said, I thought about this a lot and this morning I was before my ancestral altar and asking um, the ancestors for, you know, what was I missing in this show here today? And they said, creativity is not a temple to be worshipped at. It is like the blood moving in your veins as you worship. It is like the sweat that cleanses while you work hard. It is like the tears that flow when you witness the sacred in joy and in heartbreak. Creativity is not a scarce resource. Creativity is your nature. It is everywhere in humanity, as natural as blood moving, sweat cleansing, and tears flowing. Creativity is not a temple to be worshipped at. It is you being human. It is allowing your humanity to come to bear on this life. Creativity is not a temple to be worshipped at. Creativity is you worshiping life. Creativity is an offering to life. Make it. So I give thanks to our ancestors for gathering around us here today. I give great gratitude to the earth below, her ever-present lessons in creativity, and the sky above. And I give thanks to the heart that unites us all. Everyone know their classes, ancestral healing, 
clearing a massive illusion in the authentic self all upcoming in the next six months you can register at the lastmaskcenter.org website thank you all have a very creative week <laughs>